Some of you will remember this from school. Hi, my name is Joe. I have a wife and three kids, and I work in a button factory. One day, my boss said, Joe, are you busy? I said, no. He said, push this button with your right hand. A few of you brave folks can do this in your head. We're Episcopalians. Then start turning the dial with your left hand, which I am just barely coordinated enough to do. Then, because this was grade school, you would kick a foot and swing your hips, and it would slowly take over your entire body and, of course, all of your concentration. The last round ends with, Joe, are you busy? And I said, yes. Do you ever feel like that? where you are so busy and totally consumed with the buttons, pulleys, and levers of life that you can't think straight except to keep buttoning and pulleying and levering. I sometimes know when things are creeping up for me and sometimes not, but there are signs. I start having open, hostile conversations with the drivers around me. <laughs> not, not conversations so much as running commentary on their intellect and what circus they learn to drive in. Eventually, someone is riding in the car with me and reality comes crashing down when a shocked and sometimes scared little voice asks from the back seat, what did he do, mom? And I have to respond with something like, he slowed down so he didn't hit the car in front of him. Right. I'm in a moment in, in, of life when either the whole of Portland suddenly can't drive more than usual, or life is just a lot. It's a moment that would benefit from pause and reflection, but I have to be willing to do it. And you know, I'm just too busy. In today's gospel, the Pharisees and the Herodians, a strange alliance, are trying to get Jesus. Most significantly, the Pharisees are anti-Rome, while the Herodians are aligned with the Roman Empire. They are an illogical union, and yet they are equally threatened by Jesus. What is it, the enemy of my enemy is my friend? So together they challenge him. Hey Jesus, is it lawful to pay taxes? In this world and time where nothing is certain but death and taxes, the answer seems simple. But this is a no-win question for Jesus. One side says no, because our loyalty should be to God, only God. And the other says yes, because they are supporters of the empire. In a binary world of yes and no, either answer gets him in trouble. But this is not a trap made for Jesus. He asks for a coin. Whose head is this and whose title? The emperor's, they answer. Give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and to God the things that are God's. I have a sticker on my laptop that says, not today, Satan. Mostly because I think it's funny, but here Jesus has used rhetoric to deny the hypocrites. Jesus sees this for what it is, and he does not have time for it. The anti-Romers have their agenda, the pro-emperors theirs, and Jesus his. Have you ever been caught in this kind of trap where the presentation is this or that, and your answer is neither, but you don't think of that in the moment? I call this the driving home conversation. You know the one where you think of every clever thing to say because the person isn't standing in front of you? 
I promise you, I am way more clever by myself than I ever am in front of you all. But here Jesus comes in for the win. He answers their question with the right answer. Give to the emperor what is his and to God what is God's. The lectionary creators did us parish clergy, clergy the favor of putting a bunch of money gospel stories in this part of the year, knowing that for most, this is when we run our stewardship campaigns. But I don't think this one is actually about money. Jesus is talking about priorities. Money is part of life. We use it. We need it. In the best circumstances, it is that, a neutral tool to support our lives. And if you manage to have that kind of relationship with money, I'd love to hear about it. But that's not what we are talking about today. Jesus isn't answering the question about taxes because it is not relevant. In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus' story is coming to an end. The triumphal entry, which we celebrate on Palm Sunday, has just happened. There's no more time for lessons, for gentle persuasion. Jesus is about to die, and he's dropping truth because he himself is having to work for it, to get his head around what is next. The dread, the pain, the sorrow, the stories left unfinished, the conversations left mid-thought. It is all upon him. And the way that he will get through is to focus on God, on his mission and call, and on the why of everything. Hey Jesus, is it lawful to pay taxes? He doesn't answer their question because that isn't the question that matters. The question is, to whom do we belong? We belong to God. And that knowledge will help us to orient every single other thing in our lives. Jesus is empowering the powerless and the authorities are not about to let it happen. So they try to distract him with tricky rhetoric. But the play is the same today. We don't have to look far for enough distractions to fill a Sunday or a lifetime. Video games maybe, but also chronic pain, paralysis from the enormity of the world's suffering, a history of trying and failing, loneliness, having too much or too little, busyness. In the midst of it all, Jesus gives the sermon I need to hear this week. Give, therefore, to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and to God the things that are God's. Being a Christian requires prayer and discernment, and at least for me, it doesn't take a deep dive to see some of the things that I carry close to my heart are the emperor's, or at the very least, not God's. Sometimes I am distracted by facts that aren't true because I've been so conditioned to believe them all the so-called truths about gender, generation and age, weight, appearance, skin, eye, and hair color, economic class, education. Sin is anything we put between us and God. And if any of these truths keep us from believing that we are fully and perfectly created, the problem is not within us. The sin of racism or sexism or classism is that we believe that some people are more beloved than others. Somehow we have such a small imagination of the vastness of God that we believe that God cares more about the envelope than the letter inside. 
And when we allow ourselves to be distracted by the envelope, the body, ours or others, we put that between us and our creator. God created and loves you exactly, exactly as you are. Me too. To add limitations to that only confines an infinite God. What if we actually give to God what is God's? Our hearts and souls, our love and joy, hurts and sorrows, shame, anxiety, distractions, all of that to God. And then, solidly anchored in the truth, we begin to reimagine the world that we live in. How could we change the racial landscape if we just set aside what we know about races and start from scratch? Spoiler alert, race is purely a social construct. What would happen to gender and sexuality if we started from healthy as a baseline and built from there? What would happen to our economy if we all started believing that we have enough of the right stuff? If we all belong to God, there isn't stigma around physical and mental illness, addiction and poverty, and people can just get the help they need. What if we started from understanding that we have a planet worth caring for and figured out how to do that? What if we could not today, Satan, all the emperor's things and keep our focus on our relationship with God, God in me, God in you, God in everyone else. Jesus doesn't have time for the authorities, distractions, and nonsense, and on our better days, we don't either. It's pushing buttons, pulling levers, and swinging hips. It's easy and catchy, and it takes all of our focus. Instead, let us give all of ourselves to God, that we may persevere in works of mercy with steadfast faith. May we be distracted by doing good in the world, by being kind to other drivers, taking care of our planet, denying the lies that teach us that we are more or less than others. And may this, the distraction of goodness and love, return us once more to the one who created us, reoriented us always, always to our relationship with God through loving ourselves and one another.